Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. Welcome to the show. This is Bill Arnold, and I've been praying nonstop for you, my dearly loved listeners. We are in a place for prayer like never before, and I appreciate Paul in his letter to the Colossians. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So much to learn from that. We are going to take a very short break. When we come back, I'd like to make a few more comments and bring on my first guest. Uh, Patrick Albanese will be joining me, and then Pastor David Miles in Hour 1. Coming up in Hour 2, my friend Jeff Verdorn is coming in for the full hour. Be right back. What is coronavirus? This virus normally causes mild flu-like symptoms, but three strains of it that were transmitted by animals to humans cause much more severe disease. In 2002, SARS, transmitted by civic cats in China, caused 744 deaths. MERS, transmitted by camels, appeared in Saudi Arabia in 2012 and caused 858 deaths. This novel coronavirus comes from an unknown wild animal bought at an open-air market in China in early December. Since human beings lack immunity to this virus, it quickly spread from person to person, causing fever, cough, muscle aches, and in severe cases, pneumonia, kidney failure, and even death. Though less deadly than SARS or MERS, it has infected many more people. Intensive research is underway to develop an effective vaccine and treatment. A helpful message from the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to the show. What a week we're having. Unbelievable start. Uh, The world is a little bit different from what it was last week, last month, last year. And I always know that uh, in times of difficulty and trouble, you always start with what you know to be absolutely true, and that's God and God's Word. And in the meantime, uh, we continue to submit to Him, surrender to Him, uh, give Him our life, give Him uh, uh, our everything. And what we have left is our love for each other, our community, the ways in which we can extend God's grace to people especially those in need and especially those who don't know him as Lord and Savior yet. So we need to be creative and winsome and look for ways to connect to people. And I've been connecting uh, weekly to my friend Patrick Albanese for a long, long time, and him and I have have been friends for a long time. It's always nice to start the week with a friend. Patrick, welcome. Thanks for having me. About 20 years. Yeah. In 20 years, I'll be old enough to run for president. Uh, I don't like your math at all. Okay. <laughs> well, we made it. We made it to Monday. <laughs> we did, didn't we? Yeah. There's. I think there's some opportunity here to, you know, not just dig into the Bible, but 
to start having conversations with people, you know, doing mm-hmm. what we used to do. Yeah. Yeah. I had, in fact, uh, a, a very, very nice conversation with a lovely woman uh, just yesterday. It turns out she's my wife. <laughs> you know, it's uh, funny You're going, well, don't bury yourselves in screens, do things together. It's not a bad idea. No, it's a wonderful idea. I was driving through my neighborhood today and there's this elderly woman walking her elderly dog. And I, I always see her and the dog is just so old and walking so slow yet, you know, they've got this wonderful spirit, uh, rain or shine, they're out snow, doesn't matter. And I, love I, you know, after driving by and waving to her 50 times, I finally pulled over today and I said, I'm Bill, what is your name? And she introduced herself and I said, I mean, I always see you walking your dog and I just don't know exactly where you live, but I would want to be a person, a neighbor, that if you ever needed anything, I would be more than happy to help in any way I could. And we just had this delightful little conversation. Um, So it was one of those moments where I kind of drove away going, why didn't I do that 50 waves ago? That's a, a question for the ages. Uh, as you know, when I lived in Los Angeles, I lived in the same apartment for, well, let's just say the carpet was very thin. Uh, a little over 20 years I was in the same apartment. It had become tile. It had become cardboard tile, yes. Right. Uh, and, you know, apartment complexes are transient by nature, but I realized that over the 20-year period, uh, there were people that had moved in, lived there for a few years, and then moved out that I never knew. Oh, wow. And I You're did there know the next— 20-plus years, weren't you? 20-plus years. Yeah. And, and I did know the next-door neighbors pretty well because they were the managers of the complex, and they were just a lovely, lovely couple. Uh, so, I, you know, a few of them. And then you occasionally would get the, you know, the younger people into the complex that would uh, put a notice on your door saying, hey— uh, we got barbecue grills at the end. We've got a jacuzzi. We got a swimming pool. So um, bring some hot dogs and bratwurst. And uh, on Saturday, we're having a get to know your neighbor party. And uh, I did go to a couple of those. At first, you're kind of reluctant. You're thinking, well, I can't go to a party where I don't know these people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. They're my neighbors. Yeah. And because of one of those, in fact, one of the triple espresso trips that I was sent on, um, there were neighbors upstairs and, uh, they just, they happened to knock on the manager's door one day and say, we have a bunch of friends coming in from Salt Lake city. Uh, and we just wanted to know if, you know, it's okay if we have a couple extra people staying in our apartment for a while. And I said, I'm going to be out of town. And I got to know you guys at the, at the barbecue. You are welcome to use my place. Oh, wow. And, uh, they said, well, they're going to be here for six weeks. I said, I'll be gone. Oh, wow. So, you are welcome. So now I had a built-in house sitter. They they paid some bills for me. Uh, they spruced the place up. I hardly recognized them when I went back. You know. <laughs> I hope that they redecorated because the last time I saw your apartment, it was not good. It was not good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, we we went to the new IKEA. Got <laughs> some new stuff. Right. This time I'm going to put it together. This time I promise. Yeah. But, but you know, none of that would have happened if you know they hadn't put a little notice up saying, "Hey, let's get to know each other." Yeah. Billy, um, Billy Graham's famous line is, imitating Christ is opening up the door to friendship. And to me, if uh, this is not the perfect opportunity in life to hit that reset button and say, I need to stop my 
normal routine and start a new routine where I'm going to connect to people? Yes. Uh, and I, I, there are, I think every day is presenting opportunities to do that. And it's, you know, I, I happen to live in, I don't want to call it small town, Iowa. It's as big as it gets, right? Des Moines. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has that small town feel. And so the conversations break out pretty easily here, pretty casually, say at the gym or in the grocery store. And uh, we've had the the run on toilet paper that a lot of people have had. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying it's been bad, but uh, these days, uh, you know, if a bunch of high school teenagers come and TP your house, you're like, yeah, bring it on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I noticed at the store, uh, if you go there early in the morning, it's usually they've restocked the shelves at night. So they'll have a supply. And there are a lot of people in the grocery store. You may not know this at six o'clock or seven in the morning. And everybody, I didn't see a single person hoarding. I'd see people take one or two packages tops, leaving some, for, saying, ah, that's being, you know, leave some for other people, leave some for other people. Mm-hmm. And I, I usually at the grocery store almost every morning because with two kids, you run out of everything pretty quickly. So uh, I've seen it numerous times. I was talking with a, a friend at the gym this morning, said, I saw the exact same thing. I, you know, I've been to the grocery store numerous times this past week and nobody stuck and everybody's saying, no, leave some for other people. And I don't know if that's a product of Iowa nice. I don't know if that's a, a product of you feel like, okay, you know, I kind of know these people, you know, these are my neighbors as well. Mm-hmm. And would I do that to my neighbors? Would I do that to my brothers and sisters? So I, I don't know if that's why, but, uh, you know, I thought, well, you know, I haven't seen a craziness break out. I haven't seen anybody hoarding and I haven't seen anybody, you know, it's not that they're not hoarding. The shelves are obviously empty, but everybody's going to get it and they're leaving some behind. I, mm-hmm. I like that. And of course, so it makes many, me happy to be here. Yeah. So many people are told that they should work from home and, you know, for some thinking I'm not going to go out as much, you do want to go and even try to stock up maybe a week's worth of groceries. Um, you and I are guys that go to the grocery store more often because, you know, we're always replacing stuff and you've got small kids, but there's the idea that you go shop for a week. And if a lot of people do that, things will clear out pretty fast. Things will. And, you know, for me, I have to go pretty frequently because I just don't have a large enough meat locker to contain all the bacon and, you know, uh, uh, meat products that I, you know, we like to have protein with our meals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. It's, it, it's uh, we buy it fresh. Yeah. Right, right. All right, let me take a little break. Patrick Albanese is my guest, and we're going to be back in 90 seconds.
the show. So glad to have Patrick Albanese as my guest. Patrick and I have been friends for a long, long time. And uh, when it comes to difficult circumstances and challenging times in life, uh, you and I have always done a pretty good job with each other, maintaining our sense of humor and looking for the light side of things. And this is certainly the scariest thing I think you and I have been a part of um, in terms of a, a global situation where... Uh, you no, know, you can't mess around because there's an invisible boogeyman out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, you know what? It's so funny. I think I first met you this week, 20 years ago, uh, down in San Diego. Okay. Uh, yeah, that wow. would be about because I, I, I started you know, working for you April 1st. And I, I thought it was rather I, unusual that I would be hired to have my first day of work on April 1st thinking, well, this this is a big joke, you know. Wow. Uh, but yeah, so, um, you know, a lot happened via our chance meeting. And obviously, I ended up, you know, in your show and uh, got a great introduction to Christ through you and uh, your your cohorts. We did our uh, best you know, to, to present the truth well, and the gospel, and you were, your heart was ready. It was ready, but it was also, you know, the way it was presented. And I, that does make a difference. I really believe that makes a difference. You know, nobody was, nobody pushed anything on me. They, you, the, the three of you, and you especially, were just uh, there to, if you have a question, ask. Well, you can't drag and, people to Christ. You have to draw them. Yeah, they sort of follow, don't they? Yeah, they do. Yeah. So, but, uh, you know, yeah, I look, that's about, I look oh, at the yeah. faithfulness you, uh, that God has been in your life, and I, I kind of, you know, it's always good to, to build a testimony to God's faithfulness. And you look and you were at a point in your career where you were kind of at wit's end and you needed something new and different. And I was yeah. literally leaving uh, nine hour, 10 hours the next morning. I was 10 hours away from leaving. And I met you at nine o'clock Sunday night. I was leaving six, six o'clock Monday morning. And it was that meeting that got you to come in and work for the company and do the show for 20 years. And I think then in the process of moving to Des Moines and doing our 68-week run there, you met your wife, and now you're married with two kids living in Des Moines. And I keep seeing uh, testimonies to God's faithfulness in your life. So when we start to stack all this up, we start to go, God is faithful all the time. All the time. And sometimes it just takes us a while to see it. Uh, you know, it's a, as you know, I, I, I often look at things that are little pebbles on your path that, uh, just veer your course by what appears to be the tiniest amount, mm -hmm. the smallest little amount. And you see, you go, well, that was a bit of a nuisance. I got thrown off kilter there, you know, just a wee tad. And then you look back 20 years and say, you know, uh, as you know, the, the day I was invited to go down to San Diego to see your show, I didn't want to go. Uh, it was a couple of friends were going down and we didn't even know you were in it. We thought a different friend of ours was in it. And they said, we're going to go see this friend of ours. And they talked me into going. Uh, I was at my wits end career wise thinking I, I have no options. So the last thing I need to do is go out and enjoy myself by seeing a <laughs> show. You know? yeah. and we get there and they say, no, no, your friend is not in the show. It's this, this other guy, sort of his understudy. <laughs> <laughs> Bill Arnold, unbeknownst to me, who are, you know, the creator of the part, you know, I go, oh, it's the understudy? Oh, it's the, un oh, it's the backup guy. Uh, 
And I was so taken with the show that uncustomarily for me, I approached you in the lobby and said, are you ever looking for people? Uh, knowing that essentially the seed that I was planting in your mind was, I would like your job very much, <laughs> whatever happens to you. Yeah. you know? And little did you know, and, I was spending two weeks in California looking for someone to play the part. Yeah, going home the next day empty-handed. And right. you did not let me in on that little tidbit, by the way. No, I didn't. <laughs> you said, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll put you in contact with somebody, maybe. yeah. Um, so I always say, but, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again, that there's nothing inconsequential in God's economy. No, and, and, but sometimes you have to be willing to say yes to things that, you know, at, at first you say, I, I don't even see how this fits into the picture. Um, you know, God, I think God knocks on the door a lot. Uh, I, I know people think opportunity only knocks once. But I think I think God, especially when it comes to you know want, him wanting us to get to know him, I think he's always knocking on the door. I don't think he gives up on us mm. ever. Yeah, it's he's, a search and rescue mission. Yeah, so it's it's like you know you miss an opportunity. There's another exit ramp coming up, and it's you know at some point in time we're either going to see them or we're not. But it will often come disguised as uh, you know maybe a detour, and or or. It will certainly, like with what we're going through in the country and in the world right now, we're saying, well, I can't possibly see God's plan in all this. It's like, that's true. You can't see God's plan in all this. Um, but he's never let you down. You have to, uh, it's, it's, sometimes it is hard to, you say, I don't know, how can I be, how can I be trusting in God? It's like, cause he's never let you down before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He is faithful all the time. And I, I'm always uh, reminded when difficulties, challenges, trials come up, that I have to go right to his word and his truth and not get confused by uh, what the world is saying, but stay strong in what God says, first and foremost. He's been the only consistent one for, you know, not just the past couple of weeks, but for, <laughs> <laughs> for quite a few thousand years, yeah. you know. It's, uh, yeah, from it, the beginning of time. I think I'll go with that yeah. as the answer, Alex, for 200 well, it's, yeah, because, you know, you look and you say, well, uh, I could, every day now you're seeing different suggestions, how to live your life, how to do this, how to right. do that. And, you know, it's it's funny how in the newscast they say, uh, well, these aren't written in stone. I'm going, right, you know, we've got 10 rules written in stone. We don't even like following those half the time, you know. Uh, so written in stone, yeah, yeah, there's, there's only a couple of things that were important enough to be written in stone. And uh, we have to be a little bit more flexible with the rest of it, just a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what you meant by that. Uh, I, well, you know, I, I mean, the Ten Commandments, they're written in stone, right? Yeah, right. You know, and, and so God's law is written in stone. And uh, I think, you know, some of these other things you see, you, you know, buy all the toilet paper. You, oh, right, you know. right, right. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I appreciate you clearing that up for me. Oh, yeah. You know, you probably got distracted. That was my dog barking in the I, background. I did get distracted. Yeah, tell Ace to yeah. pipe down that Dad's on an interview. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Master, master's on an interview, not dad. <laughs> oh, no, 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 I'm not the master. I'm yeah, not, your no. wife's the master. Yes, yeah, he has a preference. Yeah. He lets you known. It's funny how you can just rearrange your furniture. You're stuck in the house, you're looking for something to do. We're going to do some painting and it's like, well, you know, do what you can. But it's, I do get to see where the dog is burying all the socks now. Nice. Into the sofa bed. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, he knows how to go through a laundry basket, find a sock, comes down to the basement, 
And then he digs in the corner of the sofa bed like it's, you know, a mud pit. And he's stashing. There are so many socks down there. I guess that's a side benefit, right? That is a side benefit, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm on to him. Well, um, did your church go online this weekend? They did. Okay. But I, we often, it didn't throw us much because we often watch online. Um, you know, my kids at times act like teenagers, even though they're only 9 and 10. And it can be a little bit rough getting them going. And so uh, some Sundays we just choose to watch it online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they always do a, a nice job. I, in fact, we, you know, the school, we got the notice last night that they're probably going to close for at least a month. Wow. And, but I, if, I might have misread the email. I'm pretty sure my kids have already graduated. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's I, I saw a lot of people saying churches never, oh, they never do this. And I said, well, I... It's it's an okay thing. It's a responsible thing to do. And we have the technology now where people can watch uh, service online at home. I think it's okay. Yeah. I don't I think it's a sign of the end of the world that churches are canceling services. They didn't cancel the service. No, they didn't they, at all. You can watch yeah. the service online. You can worship online. You can give online. It's all it's all a great alternative given this, this circumstances. I thought it was a, a spectacular adaptation to the situation at hand to, to see churches yet again thinking about the health of their community. Yeah, it I, is. I, I was a big fan. Yeah, me too. Patrick, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the day, and I'll talk to you next week. Thanks. Talk to you next week. Yep. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. We'll take a short break. Coming up next, Pastor David Miles will be joining us. Be back in a minute. Welcome back. It's so nice to have David Miles as my guest, Pastor David Miles, 
as a professor here at the University of Northwestern, also a pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota. We do uh, Miles Arnold Maxwell on mid-afternoon uh, Mondays, and we are uh, glad that he's with us today. And I cannot wait to uh, talk about remaining steadfast and Im- immovable, because that's, I think, what we all need. David, welcome. Hi, Bill. Hi, Rebecca. She is uh, coming pretty close to getting on mic. There she is. Hey there, David. Okay. How you doing? We're okay. We, I can't help but notice that you're not in studio with us right now. I know, and I so, like, miss seeing you guys with smiling faces. I mean, I think this is kind of the thing that Paul talks about uh, when he writes in the various epistles, how I long to see you face-to-face. Yeah, that's um, so sweet. There's something about, something about being present with one another that's, that's rich, but grateful for technology that allows us to do this in this manner. Yeah. David, I love First Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight says, Therefore, my beloved brothers, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. I just love those words, steadfast and immovable. I think there's never been a time more that we need to be that kind of believer, that kind of uh, follower of Christ. Well, Bill, you know what? You're, you're definitely right about that. And and uh, I, I love the fact that the therefore is there for us to say what's it therefore and what precedes it. And before that, um, it precedes the greatest concern that all of us have. Matter of fact, uh, these were the verses that I read at both my mom and my dad's homegoing service. And Paul writes about the perishable putting on the imperishable, verse 54, and the mortal putting on immortality. Then shall come to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so we can remain steadfast. We can remain immovable because Christ has overcome death, which is the greatest uh, threat to all of us. And death has been swallowed up in the victory of Christ. So, so I think even as we talk today and encourage one another in uncertain times, um, we are certain of an empty tomb and of a risen Savior that makes it possible for us to remain steadfast and unmovable in these times. Yeah, because if we are steadfast and unmovable, we will we will be spiritually grounded. And a steadfast person is not going to be tossed back and forth by the waves, like James says. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we'll feel the weight of it. I mean, like, these are uncertain times, you know. Uh, they are, um, you know, for some, they're... they're their equilibrium has been thrown off. Uh, again, the various things that the world would say to put your trust in, uh, you know, aren't aren't as important. Um, interestingly enough, as the, the raids on the store have happened, it seems that one of the most important things to people nowadays is toilet paper. And who would have thunk that it would be toilet paper that's such a priority in, in some people's minds? Um, but what the world is saying is an ultimate security, uh, isn't And we have security in Christ, which is uh, eternally important. Mm-hmm. And being steadfast and unmovable, we have to know God's Word. 
And I love 2 Timothy 2.15, which is a memory verse of long ago. Be diligent to present yourselves approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And so in order to handle the word of truth, we have to be studying God's word and letting it become a part of who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, coupled to that, Bill, is Isaiah 26, verses 3. And uh, just turning there right now, um, Scripture reminds us, you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Mm-hmm. Trust in the Lord forever for the Lord God uh, is an everlasting rock. And uh, as the sands around us seem to shift, uh, the Bible says that God is a rock. And how do we learn um, about his steadfastness? How do we learn about his character? Um, well, we read about it. And um, interesting, before we came on air, I, I, we were talking a little bit about God's Word. And, and uh, you know, um, I've been wanting to transfer notes from one of my favorite Bibles that is duct tape and packing tape held together in strands to my current ESV Bible. And so I was going through, working my way through Scripture. And it's interesting, this morning um, I was in the beginning parts of Genesis, or actually the mid parts of Genesis, uh, on Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, you know, you come to a point in chapter 26, the heading of it is God's promise to Jacob, but it opens up saying, now there was a famine in the land. Besides the former famine that was in the days of Abraham. And even in the midst of this, the verse 2 says, and the Lord appeared to, appeared to Isaac and, and gave him instructions. And later on in verse 12, it says, that Isaac sowed in the land during the famine and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And it was one of these interesting things to see that even God can move in the midst of a famine, that famine doesn't ultimately have the last say. Um, but again, famine is not a uh, obscure term. It's not a distant, um, distant thought. And through Scripture, you, we see the evidence of famine in this passage. We see the evidence of famine when it came to Ruth and Naomi, and they're leaving the land and they're coming back because there was sustenance back in the land after uh, Naomi's sons and husband had died in Moab. Um, so one of the differences then is back then they had less of any sort of safety net. They had less community infrastructure that we had then. And they were called upon and did trust in the Lord even during those times. Now, and they're encouraging us to do so today as well. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I can't think of another uh, time in my life where, first of all, this experience that we're all going through is unprecedented. I've never been a part of this. But it also is a common denominator that 100% of people you run into, uh, you can have an, an open discussion with how are you doing? Uh, yeah. What is uh, your uh, spirit like? And where are you finding your strength? Because if they were to say, well, I don't know, I'm kind of staying home, where are you finding your strength? Mm-hmm. Well, 
this is again built to what you were saying, and, and I love that Rebecca regularly, you know, brings this up to us as well about God's word. So us feeding upon Proverbs eighteen ten, the name of the Lord is a strong power. The righteous run into it and are safe. Or Psalm forty six one through three, and God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear. Though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging. And I think we're, we're, we're needing to meditate all the more upon Scripture because there's, there's a plethora. There's lots of news. There's, there's lots of voices that are speaking right now and and in this information age, we have access at, the, at our fingertips to find whatever um, amounts of news and the like. And I guess our encouragement to our listeners right now is that even in the midst of trying to stay on top of what's happening and how to respond and school closings and things like that, go spend time with your Heavenly Father. Go, go open up your word and, and to dig into that and allow the peace that trans that that transforms or passes all understanding, that you allow that word to guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus as well. And David, for guys like you and me who are sports fans, uh, there's a lot less uh, sports to watch on TV right now. And to me, it it joyfully opens up a couple of more uh, recreational hours that I would normally spend in normal recreation, a couple hours of hockey maybe that I can now say, I got other things to focus on, and I can brush up uh, on all of my memory work and then get uh, busy with some uh, memorizing some new scripture. I think everyone in the next week should memorize Isaiah 41.10. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. You can lay your head on the pillow and say that 300 times before you go to bed at night. <laughs> yeah. And, and the importance of like Psalm, Psalm 119, you know, how can a young man, young woman, and I think this could apply to all of us, keep our ways pure by guarding it according to your word. Um, I've stored up your word in my heart that I might not uh, sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord, teaching your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. And just on and on and on that the psalmist would talk about. Because I think it's important, too, um, because, you know, an idle mind or, or, or the raising up an anxiety can cause us to want to, to turn to other things, to cope, other things to fill at this time. And I guess our encouragement for people to turn um, to the Lord uh, in this time. Uh, Psalm 9, 9 and 10 says, The Lord is a refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Or Exodus 15, 2, which is not a small verse when you think of the, the context, though. Exodus 15 is after Israel comes out from crossing the Red Sea. I mean, people were intent in pursuing them to kill them. And before them was this great mass of water, and behind them was an army. And as the Lord delivered them, they said, The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. Um, 
this is another great time just to open up, grab a hymnal, open up and start singing. Uh, go to your playlist and, and listen and, and spend time uh, worshiping. Um, those are some rich things to do right now, to meditate, to think on, to percolate, to saturate uh, your mind in Christ and allow his peace to guide you. Yeah, David, my voice is so bad. If I started singing to myself, I'd hurt my own feelings. Well, you know, I can feel that too. And, and I know we've heard Rebecca's ears a few times, but thankfully the Lord, the Bible also says, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So yeah, and Rebecca can <laughs> Rebecca can do that. She can make a joyful no- noise, whereas I'm not sure you and I can, David. Now, she's broken out on some nice harmonies on us, you know, <laughs> in the past episodes where we started singing and all of a sudden she's gotten like, whoa, all right. All right, go ahead now. Yeah. I feel like we're two minutes away from the Bill Arnold Trio, so we probably better take a break. Yeah. My singing group would be called the Monster Tones. <laughs> All right, let me take a little break. Uh, David Miles is my guest. It's Miles Arnold Maxwell, mid-afternoons on Monday. So let's just uh, take a deep breath, and uh, we'll be right back. studio today and we miss him but he's coming to us on the telephone line and david as we're talking about the fact we need god to give us a spirit of strength and power so many can be offering god's strength and encouragement to the lost and to me this is one of these great wonderful opportunities uh, despite the trouble that the that will be brought to the world as a result of this mm-hmm there is a credible opportunity for people to hear the gospel, and they might only be listening for the first time because of the trouble in the world. Yeah, I think, you know, in these times, uh, I can't remember if it was C.S. Lewis that says, you know, gospel, God whispers through our, our good things, but it might be that he, you know, can use the bullhorn in our times of struggle. And, and I think that I think that people are a little bit more more acutely aware uh, of our limitations, of our, our need for real community right now, that uh, what profits a man to, to gain the whole world and lose his own soul or to gain the whole world but have no one to live in community with. Um, as people feel anxious, you know, as believers, you're able to, to say First Peter 5, 7, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you, you know, or Psalm 145, 18, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. Uh, He fulfills the desires of those who fear him. He hears their cries and saves them. So um, I think that, uh, you know, this provides an opportunity uh, to come alongside neighbors and friends and coworkers. And even right now, I, in, in good times, I've not found people, when I've said, can I pray for you, for them to be like, no. 
so how much more in these times being able to say, hey, can I just pray for you and for your family and call upon the name of Christ and be able to share uh, the peace that comes from knowing Jesus and to share that with others who I think would be a lot more receptive now than they have in the past. Mm-hmm. I've always loved John fourteen twenty seven, which is a memory verse. Jesus says, peace I leave with you. It is my own peace that I give you. I don't give it as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. When I think of Jesus saying, it is my peace I give you. So are you telling me, Lord, that you've got a personal supply of peace that you're personally giving me? I want that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's his, his storehouse uh, is, is infinite uh, compared to ours. Uh, you know, he has an, he has an endless role of peace uh, in, uh, that we don't, that we don't seem to have at this time. Mm-hmm. And so, and that we can, we can rest in him and he invites us um, to step into that. Um, Psalm 62, one and two, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. And this gets to the crux of the matter because the ultimate concern that we have is death or the fear of death. Mm-hmm. And because death has been swallowed up in victory of Christ, we don't have to fear. It's not saying that we're not going to be, you know, feel fearful. It's not that we're not going to feel anxious. It's not that we're not going to be concerned because we are fully human in it, you know. And so for those who are like, I feel anxious, I'm just a horrible person. No, that's, that's the natural and normal feeling. It's in light of that that we have some place to turn that is faithful and true, that, that we can cast that upon, you know. That we can say, yeah, I feel this, but I also have a God who's faithful. I have promises that are sure and true that I can now rest in him with these things and then allow his peace to transform, to allow his word and his perspective uh, to to give a different perspective. Um, God, God's not sitting in heaven wringing his hands and saying, oh, my, coronavirus. Right. You know, um, he's not. And and precisely because virus is part of a fallen world, that's why for the choice that before Jesus endured the cross, scoring in its shame, because he said, I've made it for you to have life and to have it to the full. And, and, and life to the full is different than what the world says. The world would say, if you own and buy all these possessions, that's life. No, life is being found and known um, in Christ. Uh, you know, Jesus said to his disciples, you know, don't rejoice that, you know, demons bow at your name. Rejoice that your name is known by the Father and your name is written in heaven, that you're known by God. So today as you're driving, do you know Jesus Christ? Do you have a personal relationship with him? And if you don't, he desires to know you. He desires to know you and to give you his offer of eternal life that starts today. So. David, I'm curious as to as a as a pastor and, and and teacher, when you start to go into your private time with the Lord in prayer, given the the enormity of what's going on in the world, how do you, David Miles, uh, start 
uh, petitioning the Lord for everything that's happening? Well, I think it's going back to remembering who he is and and what he's done. I think, you know, we talked about this in our last segment. Um, and it's just kind of how my, you guys pray for me. It's sometimes just how my mind works. But when I when I think through that we're we're on a we're on a rock traveling fifty thousand miles through space, spending two thousand miles per hour, we're not thrown off of it. Um and that God, whether the day was good or bad, he he is sovereignly holding these things together. So we were still on the same rock, still traveling through his same universe three months ago before we ever heard the word coronavirus. And he was still faithfully holding that. Mm-hmm. And so today, he's still faithfully holding us. Um, and in two months, he will still faithfully be holding, holding us. And so understanding who he is, that when he says, my grace is sufficient for you, my power is made perfect in, in weakness, it's because he's sufficient. Or when Second Thessalonians says, but the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen and protect you, from the evil one. He can strengthen and protect us because he's faithful, and he's faithful because he's the Lord. Um, and so I usually want to start with the, with the main thing, you know, and the main thing is him, you know, that now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times in every way, Second Thessalonians 3.16. But it's because of who he is. And that's precisely what Jesus asked his disciples in Matthew 16. You know, he's like, who do the people say? Yeah, well, they say you're the Messiah, you're, you know, you're the Christ. You're... But then he asked them, but who do you say I am? You know, um, and Peter says, you're, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. And, and that's important. Who do you say or who do you know Christ to be at this time in your life? And so starting off with with him, because like with prayer, when we do the acronym, um, acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication, when you start off adoring God for how great he really is, because he is, and as Pastor Matthew St. John did a message last August called God is great, <laughs> I am not, you know, God is good, I will trust, and um, when you understand that God is great and you understand that you're not, it's a confession because he's holy. And then you're thankful because he's a great and awesome God who forgives him. And then it leads you to supplication of praying on behalf of others that they might know this great God who forgives them that leads to a life of thanksgiving. So I think that's what we're saying, you know, again, finding myself, um, you know, in God's word this morning. And, and again, as I'm doing this transfer of notes, to read that there were people going through salmons and crying out to the Lord. And interesting enough, at that time, you have people going through salmons and stuff, and they're crying out to the Lord without the full canon of Scripture, mm-hmm. from Genesis to Revelation. Um, you know, we're reading passages of Scripture that make up the whole canon of Scripture, that Isaac and Abraham didn't have at that time. And so God has been so gracious to give us his short promises and his words to encourage us as well. Yeah. 
Well, David, I knew you would be comforting and reassuring, and you would give all of the listeners lots of uh, scripture and lots of um, encouragement. So thank you so much for doing the show. I know you've taken some time out of a little vacation you've had with your family to be uh, on the program today. So that means a lot to me and Rebecca. Oh, it's, it's, it's a huge privilege to be able to, to be with you guys, but even more so than being with you guys is that for those who are listening, you guys are dearly beloved of God and that God has made each of you as a once in eternity creation. There'll never be another one of you as you're listening to this program. And God sent his only son, Jesus, to shed his eternal blood that you could have life, which includes having his peace. Uh, so it's it's our rich privilege. And if you don't know Jesus today, just simple ABCs, you know, um, you know, admit that what Scripture says, that we're sinners, that we've fallen short of God's perfection, that, uh, that, that we believe uh, that Jesus died uh, on the cross for us to forgive our sins and see that we commit ourselves to him and ask him to take control of the steering wheel of your life, mm-hmm. allow him to direct your life. Um, because he is faithful and because he loves you. It's a good word. David, thank you so much. Look forward to seeing you next week in studio, my friend. Thanks, Phil. Thank you, Rebecca. You Look bet. forward to seeing you guys again, too. You bet. Pastor David Miles has been my guest. We'll take a short break and be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.